I'm Samantha Swindler. And I'm Tom Hallman. And this is Oregon Lives. And this is a story about a man in Alaska and a man in Washington State and a ring that was found here in Oregon. Do you want to kick it off? Well, first off, I'd like to propose a question. Do people, do young people now still get class rings? When I was in high school, that was a big deal. They used to, first off, I'm 65, so we're going way back, long before you even were around. And it was a real sign of accomplishment. But I don't know anybody younger now that has a class ring. So I think it's interesting that these people we're writing about, it, it really is from another era. So uh, first off, listeners read, need to realize that Samantha Swindler is, is like a detective. She <laughs> is a magnet for all stories involving lost items, like rings, watches. So in a sense, I got dragged in on this because we're teammates, but she heard from somebody who had found a ring. And because Samantha has a 100% track record in finding owners of lost rings, this person wrote to her. And this ring was found in a locker at Franklin High School in 1976-77. So we called Matt Irinaga. And he told us about how he found the ring. I remember finding it, and it was either during a gym class or after a practice. Anyway, the ring was tucked away in the corner of the locker I was using, and I don't know how long it had been there. It was jammed in there pretty tight. I remember we were having to pry it out. And then I just stuck it in my pocket and forgot about it. You know, over those last, geez, I don't know, almost 40 years now, that ring has made at least four different semi-major moves. Of course, the largest move being coming from the Northwest to Alaska. I have thought about it off and on for years. I mean, I would come across the ring just in digging through my stuff. And I'd always say to myself, geez, I should probably try to find the owner of this thing. And of course, you know, those thoughts came and went. Although about 10 years ago, I I made a half-hearted attempt to try to find the owner because it clearly says Ferndale High School on it. What's the image you have of this person? Back then, you know, I think they used to have open gyms to the public. And I just imagine the guy was probably a basketball player. I don't know, 6'3 or 6'4 and athletic and ex-basketball player. Uh, what do you do when you get this? How, how do you even begin to find uh, someone? Well, this one was pretty easy because we had a high school name. We had the year and there were actually initials inside the ring. So this one I was able to figure out in like five minutes, literally. For a class ring, there's a website called classmates.com, and they have digitized thousands of high school yearbooks. And so I was able to find a digital version of the 1969 Ferndale High School yearbook and digitally flip through it until I found somebody whose initials matched this guy's name. And the initials were D-E-E. The only person that that ring could have belonged to was a guy named Dennis Ernest. He is living in Spokane Valley, Washington, and he has never played basketball. And the even weirder thing is he's never been to Franklin High School. He should be D-E-E. That's it. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) You know, I, I, I left home in 1971 went in the service 
and uh, I left it at home, and my parents' house burned, and we thought it was lost in the fire. So, uh, <laughs> what? That is so crazy. And I don't know if you know when they cleaned it out. I know they gave a lot of stuff away, and it may have been in some, you know, as far as I know, that's where the ring was. Oh my goodness. I might, you know, I might be wrong on the on the date of the fire, but I know it was uh, shortly after I got out of the service, and I got out in '75. I thought it was lost forever. I actually, I tried contacting the school a couple of times to see if I could get another one, and I, I couldn't. But uh, you know, that's amazing. I I thought it was gone forever. No, I haven't been to Franklin High School, and I haven't. I've only been to Portland you know, a couple of times, and then that was just passing through, more or less. Wow. So I, I I don't know how it got to Portland, but it wasn't through me. How funny. Have you ever thought about this ring in like the years oh, that I've have thought, gone by? I've thought about it a hundred times about where, mm-hmm. you know, how it could, where it could have gone or how I wish I still had it. Because, you know, that's your high school ring. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get a uh, yearbook. So that was all I had. This ring has been on a strange journey that I don't know if we'll ever know. I wish Whatever you could. I wish you could talk. <laughs> oh, I have. I have a weird question to ask you. Mm-hmm. How tall are you? How tall am I? I'm about five foot eight. <laughs> Not a basketball player. I did play a little baseball, but and a little bit of football, but that's no basketball. <laughs> Even when you figure out who the owner is and you get it back to them, the mystery of where this ring has been and how it has gotten into the places that it has been is unsolved. And the person that finds the ring and decides, I'm not going to sell it. I'm going to keep it and bring it back to the original owner. It completes a circle in them and reminds how they are connected to these absolute strangers. For this to succeed, it requires two people, someone who lost something and someone who found it. Because we got two letters and uh, I have one of my women says, uh, my sister-in-law lost her anniversary ring in the grass at Blue Lake Park several years ago, and it just crushed her. She loved that ring. I would love for you to add this to your database regarding missing ring stories. Somebody else? In 1981, my old wedding ring was stolen from her house in Gresham. It was a round gold band. It had a reoccurring diamond and a flower design. Inside each diamond shape was a diamond. Inside each flower was a red ruby. I would love to get it returned to me. We're flooded with emails from people after every ring story that we do. And one I heard was, I hope and pray that someone will contact you and attempt to reunite us with my wife's wedding band that she left in a fitting room at a dry cleaner tailor shop in Raleigh Hills 40 years ago. The ring is a wide wedge-shaped gold band with a few garnets. Our wedding date is 6565 engraved inside. I would like listeners to offer some stories of lost objects from their lives. And I believe there's a number you, you can call in and leave your story. If you want to tell us a story about something that you lost or something that you found, you can leave us a message for the Oregon Lives podcast at 503-221-4345. It really does have a, a, a magical quality about it when this tiny little object through your efforts is returned to the original owner. There, there's something quite special about it. And you, you said that I had a 100% track record, which is 
sadly not entirely true or or isn't entirely true yet. There are a couple that I am working on. One is a class ring and one is a wedding ring. Um, and I will work on these things for months, months. This one ring I've been working on since last year, actually. Why don't you quit? It's like a hobby. It's like something that I do a little bit at a time. So Dennis's ring was really pretty straightforward to return to him. There's another class ring that I've been trying to track down since December of last year. And it's so stupid that it's driving me bananas because it's like in the grand scheme of what matters, it doesn't matter at all. (laughs) We're going to talk more about the ring after we take a short break. This woman who lives in Bend found in her yard a class ring. And it's a woman's class ring. Doesn't say the school name, just says W. And it has the year 1941. And inside, the initials DS. If I knew the high school, I could figure this out pretty easily. But there are no W high schools in Bend. Nor have there ever been. So then I start going online and creating my own little database. Current high schools in Oregon. Past high schools in Oregon. High schools that don't exist anymore. I also looked at universities. There was a point where I was searching the history of the area where the ring was found. I went through public records in Deschutes County uh, of the planning division and tried to trace the history of the subdivision where it was found. I traced back the owners who had lived in that house to see, was there ever like a grandma or somebody who, who lived there with those initials? Couldn't find anybody. I got all the list of W high schools and then I mapped them to see how far they were from Bend. Then I try to find the yearbooks. Washington High School in Portland existed from 1906 to 1981. So there was a DS in Washington High School class in 1941. Her first name is Dorothy. Then I go through the process of Ancestry.com of tracking this woman and her descendants to see if this could possibly be them and if they had any connection to Bend. I have probably contacted 30 different people and agencies in the search for this ring over the past eight months. You know, like those murder boards where people put all the pictures of like suspects and there's like red strings sort of tying things together and like headlines. Yeah, I got one of those. Is it less crazy if I am fully aware of how crazy it sounds? How many years have you been poking around with this thing? Well, I've been poking around with this one since December. I go through the process of elimination. I decide Dorothy isn't it. I keep going. There is a Wheeler High School in Fossil, Oregon. Couldn't find a yearbook. I contacted the Wheeler High School Administrative Office. I asked them if they had access to yearbooks. The woman said, no, but we do have pictures of all of our graduates on the walls of our high school. I said, would you go look at 1941 and see if there's a woman with the initials DS? And there was. Oh my gosh. There was a Doris Stevens. You have just been given a glimpse into the (laughs) maze that is my partner's mind. Was that her? That's the ring? I don't know. Oh, my God. I tried to find what happened to Doris. I find her in the census in 1940, and I find her referenced in like one other census, and then I can find no record of her. Doing some different searches, I find a wedding certificate where a Doris Stevens marries an Evan Kane in Weiser, Idaho, 
Wiser is just across the border from Oregon. So I can't figure out what happened to Doris Stevens and her husband, Evan. So I go back to Doris's parents. They are both buried in the fossil IOOF cemetery. There's a website where you can look up uh, gravestones. It's called findagrave.com. I'm not even kidding. I look physically at the picture of her parents' graves. Why do I do this? I don't know. And I notice in the same plot with those two graves, there's another grave. And I find out that that grave belongs to a Doris Metter. That's got to be their daughter. But why is her last name Metter? Why is it not Cain? That's when I figure out that she must have got divorced or separated or something must have happened with this Cain guy. And she got remarried. You remind me of somebody back in the day when we would fly on an airplane. You would be sitting next to me and I'd say, uh, what do you do? And... Between here and Denver, I would hear about this. Uh, and <laughs> I think it's very charming. The, the, the stick to of it is impressive. Do you think, okay, right now, do you think you will ever find the owner of that ring? I, I feel pretty confident that Doris is the owner of this ring. I feel it in my heart. Doris died tragically young. Doris's line seems to have stopped, and I was not able to find that she had any siblings. So the stakes on this, like, literally could not be lower. <laughs> well, the bottom line is the stakes on all these ring stories are incredibly low. It doesn't change the world, and yet that's where the power comes from. A couple things I want listeners to be aware of with your story. The amount of reporting that goes into something like this is equivalent to what I imagine an investigative reporter does, because you've done many of those kind of stories. It's about records. It's about calls. It's about not giving up. And I think when people read these stories, they think, oh, you know, Samantha just picked up a phone and, hey, I got your ring. It's the backstory. And it takes an obsessive person, whether they're you're reporting about politics or budgets or law enforcement, who who pursues what is the truth or some element of the truth. And yours is a pursuit of finding the roadmap back home. I think all humans are wired for stories of journeys. And the power of these ring stories comes from the journey of a ring. I do consider this an outside-of-work hobby, um, again, because the stakes are so low. So it's not like I'm doing real investigative reporting. It's just maybe a way to use those skills that I enjoy. But I really wanted somebody who would tell me, like, that is the style of ring that we would have used at Wheeler High School at the time. Oh. Because then I would feel confident that this is her. I'm just not 100% that, it's, that I've even got the right high school, right? There is a historical museum in Fossil that was closed during the pandemic. But I tracked down the woman who is the main volunteer at this museum. And I told her the whole spiel. And I sent a copy of a picture of the ring and said, I think this belonged to a Doris Stevens who graduated from Wheeler High School in 1941. Do you have any class rings in your collection of items from Fossil? Does this look like it could be hers? What do you think? A few days later, the lady got back to me and she said, no, I don't think it is. And I was so disappointed and so crushed. I'm not convinced that it isn't 
Doris's ring. I sometimes create like backstories of what the person who had this ring was doing or what it was like. And so I remember thinking like, well, maybe, you know, this would have all been pasture land back in 1941. Maybe she was like riding a horse or something. Maybe this was just, she was on a horse ride and she, and her class ring flew off at that time period. And I had kind of formed that idea in my head before I saw the picture of Doris. And when the high school sent me her high school picture, she was wearing a little sweater and she had these two little horseshoes like embroidered on the edges of her sweater. And I thought, oh, she had a horse. She was riding a horse in that area. She'd gone on a horse ride and she was an hour away from, like in my mind, it all made sense, right? I have absolutely no idea if that is the truth. I could be completely 100% wrong about all of this. I, I need to call the woman in Bend who found the ring because she has every now and then reached out to me. Any updates? Have you found anything else? And But I could never quite 100% nail down that it's Doris. So after months and months and months, I finally called the woman in Bend who had the ring. Her name is Michelle Elliott Lewis. I'm so excited to hear. Oh, this is awesome. Okay, go ahead. So, so it was your son who found this in the yard, right? It was, how, how did you, yeah, my how did three boys were out playing in the yard. They were probably eight and ten years old, and they were just out there being boys, you know, digging holes, doing boy stuff. I was in the house, and they came in. Hey, Mom, look what we found. And then we cleaned it off, and it's just, I've been drawn to it ever since. And it was encrusted with dirt, and it was grody. We had to clean it up a lot. What do you think drew you to this ring? Why do you care who owned it or what the story was? Honestly, when my granny died, she left me a ring. And it was an opal. And when the boys found that ring, it's it's an opal. And so I've always kind of been drawn to them because of my granny. And the second that I put the ring on my finger, I just felt, I don't know, I, I don't want to say complete, but I just felt good. And normally they brought me in snakes and lizards and, you know, things like that. So the fact that they brought me in a really beautiful ring was great. I have three boys. They're now ages are 22, 21, and 17. and I I have seen every form of animal you could imagine that they could bring home. Bugs, snakes, lizards, horny toads. <laughs> so you, you got to be happy when they bring home jewelry. I told Michelle what little I knew about Doris, which was that she was born in 1923. She graduated high school in 1941 and she died in 1948. I I wish that I could be calling you with some sort of definitive answer, but I I think I'm... It just answers more questions, right? Or asks more questions. I don't really know what happened to Doris. I don't even know if she's the right Doris. Sometimes you follow these threads and it could be entirely, entirely incorrect. But sometimes, you know, you just get a feeling like there's just a small part of me that feels like this is maybe her. When you showed me the picture, I got chills. So I'm, I'm thinking... It's a good sign. 
it's driving me crazy because now I know more, but I don't know everything about it. And I'm like, okay, there's got to be, there's so many holes in Miss Doris's story. I got to know. And I'm determined to find out what happened to this Doris. I do feel like it's solvable, right. or at least um, answerable to a high percentage. Enough to get the bigger picture. I want to know all about her now. Well, I, I, I um, welcome to the mystery, I guess. <laughs> Dang it. I was hoping it was going to be simple, too. This is, oh, I was um, hoping you were going to come back. Oh, it's this great, cute story, and they lived happily ever after. And no, she died tragically, and how horrible. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, and again, and I still don't even know if this is the right person, but. Right. <laughs> then you get so invested in Doris's Oh, life. gosh. Oh, if it's even, not her. I mean, even if it's not her, I just need to know. I'm I'm invested in Doris Stevens now, man. I don't like an unanswered question. I want to know the answer. I feel like it is answerable. That's what bothers me. That's what part of the story is, that you don't quit. Why? I mean, I think I'm a kind of a person who likes to follow through with things. So that's that's one part of it. But I also am somebody who's really interested in people and humans and their stories and how we all relate to each other. I like connecting dots between people. We have these things that are touchstones for our journey in life. And it can be a class ring, a pen, a watch. And these are not valuable things, but they're things that your parents or grandparents or great-grandparents actually touched and used. And they take on a special significance. Thank you for listening. If you like Oregon Lives and you want to hear more, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.